A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm going to be a star. Hey, this is Eric from Standout Travel here in Sweden. And it's great to be partnering with Melfest Monday. Go and visit our website, standouttravel.se, to book your next trip to Sweden, and we're looking forward to host you. Happy Melfest! Melodi nummer fyra in the middle med The Mamas! So hello and welcome to another edition of Melfest Monday. You just heard there the moment that The Mamas and before them Eric Sada made it through to the grand final of Melody Festival in 2021, as well as all the other performances from Saturday night. And that featured, of course, the songs making their way through to next weekend's second chance round, Ephraim Leo and Clara Klingenstrom. That's absolutely right. We've now heard all 28 songs that are taking part in this year's Melody Festival. And, and we've got a load of things to be talking about because, of course, the last semi-final took place on Saturday night. And we are going to be joined by Eric Gabriel, who you will know from The Lovers of Valdaro, to debrief everything that happened over the weekend. And we'll also be looking forward to Andrew Hansen as taking place this coming weekend. 
That's right. Eric's got a new song out as well, so we'll have a little play of that in a little while. Uh, we've got the jewels for the second chance round, so we'll be talking those through later on in the episode. But up first, we will, of course, reflect on those performances and the qualifiers from Saturday. And, James, the return once again, as we have every week, of the Malfest Monday Hall of Fame. Absolutely. It's been another hotly contested week for the Melfest Monday Hall of Fame. So we'll be inducting another member in there and we'll also be having another tete-a-tete, as I would say, to find out another artist who is going to be going to join the previously inducted artists as well. And don't forget, we'll also be having another interview with one of this year's Melody Festival and artists. Yep, James is catching up with Lilla Sister ahead of their appearance in Saturday's Andre Johnson. I look forward to how many different ways we can pronounce the, the show on Saturday coming up. So all that and more still to come. You're listening to Melfest Monday, a podcast from the Eurotrip. So that's right, welcome along to a brand new episode of Melfest Monday in the aftermath of the fourth and final semi-final. And joining us throughout today's episode, our very special guest this week is Eric Gabriel. You will of course know his name for one half of the Lovers of Valdaro who took part in Melfest back in 2019. Uh, he's recently put out a new single as well just last week. Let's take a, let's take a quick listen to that. So Eric, a brand new single out. Tell us a bit about that. Yes, and thank you for prom- promoting it. It's always nice to to get some commercial. Uh, yeah, this is. Um, I've been working with a lot of music. I'm having. I think I have 13 or 14 songs releases coming up now, and an album in August. So it's a lot of things going on, and a lot of the songs that I've written is also being sent through my label Playground to different kind of producers who mix it up. So this is like, it is a called an original, but the original is not actually this one because it's remixed by Luca De Benoit, who is a really well-known producer. So it was um, it was just a, a really good collaboration with him. So we were just like, okay, we released this first to get sort of as much publicity as we can for the first club remix. It's streaming well and hopefully it will just keep on streaming and, and get me some some more fan base and people listen. Definitely. I think everyone listening to this will very, very much enjoy the song. You know, we heard a little bit of it there. But but now, of course, it is it is Melfest Monday. So it is time to reflect on on the semi-final that we saw on Saturday night. And and Eric, you were saying you think it's the best semi-final that we've seen of, of the four this year. Yeah, I think so. I think that I think a lot of the energy came from the fantastic hosts this uh, this uh, semifinal, and uh, I think um, it felt like the the artists were more comfortable and having more of an energy on stage than the other semifinals. I don't know why this is happening, but I think uh, it was more of like the spirit of Melody Festival and this Saturday than the other ones and. Maybe that's because of the music or the energy of the of the hosts. I don't know, but it was it felt good. <laughs> now, one of those artists, of course, who took part on Saturday night and visually it did look like a music video. Of course, was Eric Sada, who was the 
the final artist who took part in the semi-finals. And I mean, what can we say about him? He's performance in my eyes at least and I think for, for many watching across Europe it was just flawless the song sounds so modern he performs it so so well a, a big favorite for, for the overall victory yeah and I think also he is very I think he's landed in a in a new type of sound that he's comfortable with and he felt I think in a couple of years I think it the the bubble burst when he was the host of of Melody Festival and I think that he became more lovable in a way he wasn't so much like the, this handsome just posing being this cool artist he became someone who was talking to you and being like um, friendly in a way that I think became his favor and I think his, his uh, artistry has been evolving through that uh, of being not so scared maybe of being that cool sexy artist only I think it just comes into his thing and the music is good. Maybe I'm not. Uh, I'm not the. Maybe I don't think that song is the best one for the Eurovision. But I think he. He as long as he does his thing and he's. Uh, he's really into his style there, and then I think he should be really proud. And uh, and it reminds me of the Sara Larsson movie. You know, with, with a with a square and the and the dancing and everything like in that square. Only, the only thing was missing was that light from above that Sara Larsson has in that that area. But it was a. Uh, it was a cool concept. I really enjoyed it. You mentioned there just visually how it looks. I think we saw something very similar from uh, Elena Sangaru, who's representing Cyprus at, at Eurovision this oh, year. Oh, okay. Yeah, her music video looks very similar. I think a lot of people are comparing her to, to Zara Larsson's staging as well. So that does seem okay. to be the vibe of, of 2021. I think you've picked up on something there. Okay. Go, Sarah. You, you you talk there about whether or not it might not be the best choice for, for Eurovision. Yeah. Obviously, you know, that's very much your your personal thoughts and feelings. So yeah. why do you wanna do you wanna tell us, you know, a little bit about why that why you think that? Because I think it's a sound that is very specific, maybe in our area where we live. And I think it's in the in the big spectra. I don't think that kind of music is as big in the other countries that are going to be represented. You see Benjamin Grosso had the same kind of vibe in his song and it's a, it doesn't go really bad, but it's also not like a clear winner. And I don't think, I think the song is too equal all the way. I don't think it makes you go like euphoria, you know, when you're just like, oh, it's something that hits you in the stomach. It's not that kind of song. And I think Eurovision is usually, but times change. I don't know, but I'm, um, I, that's my opinion. I don't think it's going to be a winner song, but for Sweden, maybe it can win. Now, the other artist, of course, who went through straight to the final on Saturday night was was the Mammoths. They won Melfest last year. Uh, they, yeah. they also won it in 2019 alongside John Lundvik. And the song aside, I'd love to to just touch on a really special moment for me on Saturday night where they were performing in the black dresses that we saw them in last yeah. year. And then the lights flash and then bang, they're in these gold sparkly dresses. It, it was just bringing them back into life for 2021, wasn't it? Yeah. But it was really cool because I, I was talking to my, my best friend is in Gothenburg and she's like a Melody Eurovision super fan. And she was like, oh, my God, how did they do that? And I was like, well, I think some I don't know how much is allowed, but apparently it was pre-recorded, of course, because there's no chance in hell that they could do hair and makeup differently in like a flash of the light. But uh, it was a cool concept. And I think it was uh, it was a nice statement to be like uh, that's where we came from and now we're back this year with this yeah it was nice and the song was uh, it was good but 
I think maybe for me, the, the first song that they had was better, but it was good. And they are loving, lovable ladies. And you think they are yeah, good quality and nothing is wrong with it. It was good. We, we've already touched on the the two songs that made it through direct to the final, which, of course, as we've already said, the Mamas and, and Eric. You mentioned Tess Merkel, who I think it's a big shock that she missed out completely because the, the two songs that went through to the second chance, uh, Ephraim Leo and Clara King and... Uh, Clara Klingenström. <laughs> there we go. You can say it far better than, uh, far better than I can. Um, they're through to the second chance round. And no, I'm not going to say, not going to say Clara's name again. Do you think that they stand a good chance of making it through to the final. We're going to talk about the second chance round a little bit later on in the episode, but do you think that both those songs can stand out in their own right? Yeah, I think so. But I was really, I wasn't surprised. I almost had a feeling that Clara Klingenström would maybe go to the finale because it was something very Swedish, loving, loving that sound that's very typical of a really huge Swedish uh, artists who stays in Sweden but that sound is very much and it was really catchy in a way it was beautiful and she was very um, clean in herself being very herself I think and and I, I really enjoyed that song and I think that can be if that grows and people get to listen to it I think it can be a really strong s- s- contender in the in the finale if she gets there and finally, the, the other artist who is going to second chance from, from this Saturday, uh, Ephraim Leo. Uh, he is a newcomer as well, but he's, I was reading he's had so much stage experience before. He's done, uh, he's done warm-up gigs for, for the Vamps across Europe as well. So despite him being a, a debutante and a, a, and a newbie to Melfest, he's got this stage presence, he's got the stage experience, and he brought a really fun and catchy song on Saturday, didn't he? Absolutely. It was catchy, but I, I'm thinking maybe it stays also in that zone of being it's catchy, it's good, but it doesn't uh, lift you like all the way. I think it's a, it's a good song, but I don't think it's strong enough to for an unknown people, un, unknown artist to lift that song all the way to Eurovision. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. So we'll be back with our special guest for today, Eric Gabriel, very, very shortly as we look ahead to Andor Hansen this coming weekend. But now we take a break, we take a breath, because it's time to do the Melfest Monday Hall of Fame. It is. We have inducted several members into our very special Hall of Fame over the course of Melfest Monday. So let's run through who we've got in there so far. Uh, Mons is in there twice. Uh, He's in there best Melfest debut and also in there for best staging, I believe. Indeed, indeed, yeah, for 2015, of course. And then uh, we also have uh, your choice from episode number three, which was Samir and Victor, the best Malfest duo. And joining them in the Hall of Fame this week, we have my nominee from last week's poll of best returning Malfest winner, Anna Bergendahl. Was there any doubt, really? Anna Bergendahl beating uh, Carola, or Carola, uh, with Invincible, uh, Anna Bergendahl's Kingdom Come, uh, winning out 68.8% to 31.3%. Sexy statistics there, Rob. Down to the decimal point, I like it. I'm very disappointed that Carola didn't win, uh, but well done, fair play. I think that makes us two all. It does. Two's each, three episodes to go, including this one. So it's getting pretty pretty tasty out there. Next up, James, a category, which I think we're both going to have 
interesting nominations for. Uh, and this is inspired by the Mamas performance over the weekend. It certainly is. So this week we are both pitching the member for Best Melfest Group. Uh, so there's plenty to choose from. There's loads that are springing to mind. Uh, I've got my choice, uh, but Rob, I'm going to let you go first. So who are you pitching to the audience that should be inducted into the Melfest Monday Hall of Fame? Well, now this is the song that I think first got me in to Melody Festival. So this is a song very close to my heart. Uh, we are going back to 2008. Of course, a, a Melfest for the decades that year, won by Charlotte Pirelli with Hero eventually. Uh, the runner-up that year was, of course, uh, Santa Nielsen with Empty Room, another iconic Melfest song. But coming third in 2008 was BWO, Bodies Without Organs, and Lay Your Love On Me. This is a song that gets you moving. I just remember being absolutely encapsulated by the staging of this song. Also, the music video, by the way, if you check that out, is excellent. Martin Rolinski, of course, the lead singer of BWO, who would later return. He's been one of my nominees in the Hall of Fame so far, I think, as well. Uh, but yeah, BWO and Lay Your Love On Me, my nomination this week. So there you go, listeners. Uh, that's your first choice to choose from for Best Melfest Group for this week. But don't go voting yet because you've yet to hear my nomination. Uh, my nomination is a group that is well known for taking part in Melody Festival. And they've done it on so many occasions beforehand. And even one of their members has been taking place in Melfest this very year. If you haven't worked it out already, I am, of course, talking about the one and only Alcazar. The song in question that I'm going to pitch for this week uh, is the song they took part with in 2014. Uh, they missed out on the victory, uh, rather disappointingly for me, uh, to Santa Nielsen, of course, with Undo, but they finished in third place in the grand final with Blame It on the Disco. Blame it on the disco, blame it on the give it to you it's another good one it certainly is you said for your song it's one of those songs that makes you want to get up and move and it's got to be said for for this one as well i think two very very strong contenders for the hall of fame this week uh, so it is down to you now uh, you can vote we'll be popping a poll on twitter as i said last week when i remember uh, thankfully last week i did remember but not before james sent me a message and said where's the poll rob and i had to go james i'm literally posting it now get off my back <laughs> so it'll be probably there around lunchtime on monday so keep your eye out for that for all the latest melfest news head to eurovoir.com 
So as Rob said there, don't forget to get involved in the Melfest Monday Hall of Fame. We are at Eurotrip Podcast over on Twitter. Uh, you can get in touch with us there as well. Leave any comments on the podcast over there. But now it is time to speak to one of the acts who is taking part in this coming weekend's second chance round of Melfest 2021. At the back end of last week, I was very lucky enough to be speaking to Martin from Lilla Sister. Uh, now, Lilla Sister, of course, they took part in the first semi final they were a band who have been going for around 20 years or so and it was a bit of a surprise even to the band that they were going to take part in melody festival and so that was where i began the conversation with martin the lead singer by asking him did he ever think that him and the band would take part in the competition well um i i, I had the i've had the dream for a long time um and i always wanted to do it the other guys also as well but but me me primarily wanted to do it. So I kind of had a little little idea of that someday, yeah, I might actually do this. So what was it like uh, last year when you found out that you would be taking part? That was fucking awesome. It was, it was uh, you know, I actually screamed. <laughs> I, I didn't cry, but I screamed. But it, it was, it's, it's, we've done everything else in, in rock. We've, we've done all the huge festivals. We've opened for huge bands. We've been on tour. We've done all the bad stuff, done all the good stuff, and but we hadn't done we hadn't done this. So it's like to us being able to to do this twenty years into this band's career, it was just an amazing thing. So I was really happy. So where did it come from then? Did was it twenty twenty in the years of no gigs and no concerts make you think? I tell you what, we really want to do it. Was that it? That it was exactly that. We didn't have any gigs. We didn't have any of that. So. I thought that, okay, I actually have some time and some energy to spend on trying to make this happen. And so I made a couple of calls um, and got a, got, got a hold of, I have a couple of different managers because I have different a couple of different bands or two. And I called my other manager and I said, I want to do this. And he said, okay. And he hooked me up, up with this guy, Palle Hamalund, who, who I wrote the song with, with the two other guys as well. And, and and I just had the time and the energy to go meet him and to write something for Melfest instead of our usual stuff. So it's kind of because of the pandemic in a way. It's, it's, uh, it was wonderful that you managed to take part for the, for the very first time. I'm sure you were very pleased yourself to take part. Yeah, of course, uh, man. Yeah. What was that semi-final performance like then? Give us an idea of what it was like going on in your head when you performed at Melfest for the very first time. <laughs> I was surprisingly not that nervous, actually. It's it's it, it's a weird year to do it since there's no audience at all. But uh, and kind of and we we rehearsed it for so many days, and it's just three minutes. I'm I'm used to going an hour, an hour and a half, and three minutes. It's so it's so little. So that it was it was different, but it was. I felt I felt, it felt good. We felt good. It was it was just basically a lot of fun. I wasn't that nervous. It was like, fuck, yeah, let's do this. Let's just have a good time. This might be the only time we do this, so let's have a good time. That, that's basically it. Finally, finally we get to do this, so let's have a good time. 
I tell you what, I, I actually turned around. I actually turned around to the other guys and just I, I do this before every rehearsal and also before we did it live. I, I turn around and I say, "Don't forget to have fun, guys." <laughs> Well, that's it, isn't it? You never know how many other times you're going to be able to do it. So it's fantastic that you enjoyed it. Um, I tell you what I really, really liked about the performance. And I don't know if this is a conscious thing that you did when you were writing the song and writing the music is that there's that part of the song where it almost sounds like there's a crowd singing along live to the performance, despite there not being a crowd or an audience there watching. Was that a, was that a conscious decision to, to include that in the song for a year when there's no audience? Yes, very much. It, 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 it is an audience, a, a, a recorded audience. But And yes, we wanted that because there wasn't going to be an audience. We wanted that feel. So yeah, that was, that was, it was a very conscious thing of us. We, um, that whole part of the song, the song was actually done. And then we felt that there was something missing, something that wasn't us, something that was them. And then so we inserted that part of in, in the song because we wanted the interaction with the, the audience, even though there wasn't an audience. So, yeah, exactly. Now, before we started recording, you were telling me that as well as being in the rock band, you've got a normal day to day job like everybody else. What did some of your colleagues think about you taking part in Melfest? Was this a bit <laughs> of a crazy thing for them? Yeah, we actually we, we had to have a couple of special meetings about that because it's kind of a big company and we had it we had to go out and tell everybody that okay this is going to happen he is he's going to be on Melfest and uh, there might be questions there might be people showing up looking for him or whatever and and that everybody should, should keep a low profile about but everybody here is cool about it they love it I'm just one of the guys but we're we're laughing at it and some of them were all of them are, are, are watching it, but some of them are, are, are even coming to Stockholm. And... Of course, the the journey is yet to be over. You've got the second chance round still to come. So what are your thoughts going into that second chance round? That whatever happens, we have already won because we, we didn't we didn't know we didn't know that that a band like us could be in Melfest. So and but, but we we did that. And then we didn't know we could actually move on from the first part of the contest and we did that and so to us it's just we're already won so either we move on to the final we win or we don't and we win and either way we're going to be fucking happy and it's just we're just going to have a good time <laughs> let's look ahead and, and think if you do qualify to the final or if you if you mm-hmm. do win have you thought about it have you thought about what it would actually mean to you and the rest of the band if if you did go on to that su- sort of success nah it's kind of un- uncomprehendable at this point I, it's if that happens, we will embrace that and we will make the best, the best, best, best thing out of it. But right now it's, nah, it's, no, no, nah. In that case, nah. I was, I was going to ask, because uh, I've been very lucky enough to chat to other people in Melfest and in these other mm-hmm. uh, selections, what message you would have for fans who you'd want to pick up the phone and, and vote for you? But do you have a message or is it just a case you're just still so laid back about it? No, I mean, have fun and, and love Love life and love whoever the fuck you want and just maybe love rock music a little bit more than other music. Possibly that, but no, just have a good time. So a big thanks to Martin from Lilla Sister there for joining us on this week's episode of Melfest Monday. Uh, A big good luck to him and all the other artists who are taking part in this 
coming weekend, uh, Andra Hansen. And uh, as you can hear from that pronunciation, that is the last of the Swedish words that I'm going to say. And we're going to throw over to Eric Gabriel, who is still with us, to read out the duels that are going to be taking place this coming weekend. Yes. So the first pair is Alvaro Estrella and Lila Sister. And the second one is Frida Green and Paul Ray. And the third one is Evan Eva against Clara Klingenström. And on the last duo competition is Clara Hammarström and Efren Leo. Eric, just looking at looking at the looking at the, the four jewels we have there, is the one there that kind of stands out to you as, you know, this is gonna be the, the most tricky to predict who's gonna make it through? Oh, who is the most tricky? I think uh, the last, the fourth, I think it's the hardest. I would vote for Clara Hammarström, but I think those two songs are two young, great artists. They both had a great song. They both performed really good. They have fan base, both of them. And But but for me, if I think Clara has the strongest uh, Eurovision vibe in the song and, and more power. So I, yeah, but that, I think that's the hardest. Well, let's go through them individually, each of the each of the duels. The first one that's going to take place on Saturday night is uh, Alvaro Estrella with Lilla Sister. Now, this is a strange one because, of course, both these artists are so different in their styles. Yeah. Uh, Alvaro brings, you know, this sort of Latin American sort of music style, whereas Lilla Sister are this rock band, a very well-known rock band across Sweden, but it's the first time taking part in Melfest. Rock does tend to do fairly well at Melfest, but could you see Lilla Sister taking the uh, the victory over Alvaro? It's such because both of these styles are not my particular kind of sound but so I don't know because as you say rock is a, it's a huge part of a big audience in in the countryside and and not only the countryside but it tends to go to that and and uh, Alvaro Estrella has that new vibe that inspires a lot of other people and a different kind of group so I I have no idea, actually. I think, I think, oh, I don't know. I think Alvaro is going to go maybe through. It's more a Eurovision vibe. What do I know? <laughs> more than us, and that's why you're here. <laughs> uh, Eric, moving on, moving on to the second one then. Moving on to the second one. Uh, Frida Green versus Paul Ray. So Frida Green with the silence, Paul Ray with the missing piece. They're both different kind of ballady songs in their own right so so this one having said that the first duel is two very different sounding songs yeah. the, the second duel there is a lot of similarities between these two and i'm pretty sure paul ray is going to go through because i think he's more well known uh, and i think that vibe is more fresh than the other one maybe even though frida is a really she's staying really good and but i think paul ray has a more artistic vibe in his whole song and performance so i think paul ray is going to go through in in the third duel we me and james were talking about this um before we started recording we're guaranteed to have another song in swedish in in the final uh eva and iwa versus clara klingenstrom what about this one then because i mean safe to say two very different songs here and eva <laughs> and iwa will they get the the you know the comedy vote and will that see them through to the final please no <laughs> <laughs> It's a fun thing. It's a, but now the series, now the series, it's getting a little bit more serious. And I don't think I hope people just understand that this is not a, it's not a good song to represent 
Eurovision or whatever in any way. It's a fun thing that, you know, they can be in this show here in Sweden and entertain. And they are really funny and they are cool, cool ladies, but it's not, it's not Eurovision and it's not, no. So I, and Clara is, is really, really, really good. So I, I think she's going to go through. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, it's an entertainment show is, is Melfest. But at the end of the day, we, you know, we are choosing an artist to, to go to, to Eurovision. Maybe Eva and Eva aren't necessarily the best artist to do that. They are very good fun. They're very entertaining. Uh, yeah. but, not, but not necessarily the, the right artist to go through from that duel. Of course, you mentioned Clara there. Uh, she was taking part on, on Saturday night. Uh, Rob, what, what do you think about that one? Are you sort of on the same page where you think Clara's definitely going to get the ticket through that deal I, d- I honestly don't know I, I know exactly what Eric is saying and I know what you're saying but I, I just think they are going to get a lot of votes on Saturday because of the act and if you're a fair weather Melfest viewer at home you're going to sit there and think that's fun and maybe they're going to throw a vote that way so I don't think it's it's cut and dry that duel at all no we'll see we'll find out we'll see on saturday i'm not saying that's what i want to happen but it it, it could i think you do want eva and eva you maybe a little bit maybe a little bit oh dear me uh finally the 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 fourth and final duel for for this saturday night we've uh we've briefly mentioned them already uh clara hammerstrom and uh efriam leo uh eric you've already sort of touched on what you think i'll come back to you in a second about your all your thoughts on that one rob thoughts winner from that duel i i have a preferred song from that duel i think they are both really good songs but my preferred uh from from the, that duo would be uh clara hammerstrom i think i think beat of broken hearts is just a really good pop song and i just really enjoy it and i think she's great i think it's staged very well and i think it would be it would be a really nice addition to the final is she gonna win melody festival and no she's not but will it be really nice to see that song in the final yes it would yeah, absolutely. Eric, uh, I know you briefly mentioned it at the beginning there, but uh, let's go back to you on that fourth and final one. Uh, just remind us, who do you think is going to win that one? Well, I hope it's it's Clara as well, because I think it's a, a lot stronger song and I think it's it has more of uh, the Eurovision Melody Festival and hooks in it. And uh, I think it's a more well-written songs song than the other one the other one is very i'm trying not to be a neg it's not a negative thing but it's more cheap pop Ephraim song it's more like you know it's a i just call it cheap pop it's something that you write really fast and it's catchy and it's good but it doesn't have that a little bit of more of the essence of a of a of a of a proper passionate song and i think Beat of Broken Hearts has that kind of extra lift in it. <laughs> Eric, looking at all of those songs, we've we've talked about all the songs in, in the second chance round on Saturday. Do any of them, if they get through, you know, obviously four of them will get through, do any of them stand a chance of representing Sweden at Eurovision this year? Or are we going to see the winner coming from the songs that have already gone direct to the final? Because we haven't had a, a second chance winner of Melody Festival and since 2013. That was Robbage Hat, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, because you. I was actually sitting home at Christy Bergman's uh, place when, uh, because I'm, I'm in, uh, I'm working for his, his husband is one of my best friends, so we are doing a lot of concerts with uh, this uh, Schlagfeber uh, band that we have, and I got to listen to the song uh, Sneak Peek, and I said, and I just said this song is gonna win, and he was like, what? No, 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 and I was like, well, I think so. 
Bam! <laughs> it, because it has that vibe, I said, when he does, does that, you, that thing became, it gave you that Eurovision uh, feeling like uh, Euphoria had. It was something that Chico, like it was something more than music. I don't know how to explain it. It was just like some energy that you got from that song that I thought it's going to win. And it did. So uh, I don't see any clear, there's not a, any clear songs like Euphoria or that song in all of these songs that I can be sure of. But I think usually when the songs goes to the finale, it's also because they have a huge fan base. So probably I think it will be one of the, the songs that's already in the finale that will. And Eric Saudi is, is a strong, strong competition for all of them because he's a really good looking guy. He has a, a great song, but yeah, I don't know. So there we have it, yet another edition of Melfest Monday. Not many left now, of course. We'll be back with you next week to look ahead to the grand final and then again the following week to reflect on the winner of Melody Festival in 2021 as we edge ever closer to finding out who is going to Rotterdam. It's all getting very, very exciting. It certainly, certainly is. I've never been so excited for an edition of uh, Melody Festival before and this year is proving to live up to my expectations of this year. We've had so many fantastic songs, so many fantastic artists, and so many fantastic performers. But like you say, we've reached the end of this week's episode. So a big thanks to Eric Gabriel for joining us throughout today's episode. And thanks to Martin from Lilla Sister for joining us for a brief conversation earlier on as well. That's right. We've got lots planned for the episode next week when we'll be looking ahead to the grand final. Of course, all the songs are out there streaming wherever it is you listen to music. So enjoy streaming the songs of Malfest 2021 this week. I certainly will. I put the washing out while I was listening to a bit of Tusa earlier on. It, it certainly livened up the experience, it must be said. Uh, and also, of course, make sure you join us on Wednesday for our usual episode of the Euro Trip. Big guest this week is uh, from Eurovision Past. That's all we'll say. But if you were a fan of, of Eurovision back in the day, I think you're going to enjoy the big guest this week. Also, I think you're rather underselling that because not only are the uh, Eurovision artists from back in the day, but they're also a Eurovision winner. That's right. Eurovision winner, Claxon. Another winner on the podcast next week. So make sure you tune in for that in a couple of days' time on Wednesday. Absolutely. So uh, in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five star. But for me, James, for the first time this week, it's goodbye. And for me, Rob, it's also goodbye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.